The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one Father, we are grateful for the incredible privilege of knowing you and the way to where you are. In line with what you've given us to understand, we request that you speak your hearts to us today. Thank you. Keep us from despising prophesying. Thank you. Teach our hands to war, teach our fingers to fight. Show us, Lord, the way to the light, O oh God. Please show us what we were made for. Father, we pray, teach our hands to walk, teach our fingers to fight. Lord, tonight, show us, Lord, the way to the light, O oh God. Show us what we were made for. The reason is this. You are worthy. So we love to fight for you. You are worthy of our allegiance, of our attention and grace. We rejoice and we're glad We are no more sad We found you, O Holy One So that's why we ask that you Teach our hands to one Teach our fingers to fly Show us For we have asked according to your will. We promise if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. Thank you. Amen. 
First of all, I'd like to thank the Lord for being with us this evening, as He has all these days. I pray, I hope when you come, while we are sitting quietly and meditating upon the words of God, that you are paying attention, you are giving heed, you are You are, you don't sit down and look around. And even though um, we just have tomorrow morning, um, you know, again, so 9 a.m., I have to remember to announce this again, or whoever handles the announcement, 9 a.m. and uh, evening, 9 p.m. In between that, we have the chance to to be in this space, seeking the Lord. So if you're here in the morning session, I said it, said it again now, said it again in the evening before, when the rest of our company have joined us before we depart, and then... Um, tomorrow morning again should be announced in case there are people that were not in any of the sessions so far. You seek the Lord, you call on Him, you desire Him, you ask for His light to shine on you. You seek Him. That's, it, it's the drawing near that He rewards. He rewards it by drawing near. I was read a prophetic word from one of our brethren from out of town. Person said, "Wow, yesterday or so, is it today?" They sent the presence of an angel. Saw an angel wearing some golden armor and something, and the angel stood there and looked quite fierce. And remembering something, I thought about testing the spirits. So prayed and said, "If they have a message." So, and the angel said, I have no message for you. Do what you're doing. And she kept listening and focusing on what she was doing. And then later on, he said, pay attention and um, ensure that you know that I'm coming. Something like I'm coming soon. And your hunger will determine what you get. Whatever you bring is what you collect. The drums, the size of the vessels you bring to receive. It's what you you will collect. So if you come with little, your desire level is low. Don't don't put it on anyone. Desire does have a very huge part in them. What we receive, I have found out. I have found out, and most people have found out. But as a preacher, I've found out that you know people can pull. It's why you hear someone say, I had a question. I had this very strong question. It was answered because they pulled. You hear someone say, I was not feeling well. And I was just asking God to heal me within me. And suddenly prayers for healing were made. Many times we don't receive simply because we do not ask. Your hunger levels, if you're lacked, if, if you, your desire levels are low, and your attitude is, well, if God wants to do anything, let him do it. Unfortunately, it's not very wise to think that way. 
typically God does respond to your asking. He said, you have, he, he, he said, ask that your joy may be complete. So the Lord does want us asking, wants us desirous. When we see the, the scriptures on, on um, the gifts we saw this morning, we didn't read on it much, but we saw, said desire earnestly the best gift. So if there's no desire, for those gifts if you don't passionately desire them you likely will not receive them because you do not desire them why should you receive them they don't mean much to you and we spoke about desiring the gift of prophecy because it's one of the best gifts it's mentioned there desire the best gift especially that you may prophesy when you prophesy, you speak three things to people. If you went here in the morning and you were not tuned in from out there, or even if you were, just make sure you listen to the messages. Listen to everything. All of them are pieces of one thing. You don't miss a hole in the building of a wall and say, it's okay, I, I've put some blocks. Those holes will let in a snake. It is what it is. So too often. Now I'm not saying every single event. Um, spiritual, seeming spiritual ministry in the body of Christ. Every time, everywhere is so super relevant. But if, if um, the Holy Spirit is breathing on something very directly. Speaking very prophetically. Every piece likely means something. To try and get every piece. Don't lose anything. Too often people. You know, you know what happens if you're filling out a form. And you forget. Some vital piece of information. It changes everything. They might return your form to you. When you're expecting to get a response. What you get back might be. Incomplete form. While others are getting their call up. And admission. And acceptance letters. Some people are getting returned invalid due to lack of complete data. Too often we find it too easy to lose out on the data supplied during meetings, especially if it's a conference or something. You know, again, if it's a lot of, we can have a conference with a lot of human flesh in it, a lot of human plans and ideas and thoughts. But that's a bit different from meetings that are spirit-led in the main you know the holy spirit is prompting one bit after another i was just looking back today doing this morning's meeting i'm wondering and it was really amazing to me how the holy spirit was tying in things to the previous meeting and how the previous one tied to the previous one all of that without notes without pre-planning and it could take off anywhere, but lands and segues into what was said before. Because it's the Holy Spirit inspiring it prophetically. It's prophecy. Don't despise prophecy. You despise prophecy by not listening to it. By not paying attention to it. That's how you despise prophecy. 
by doing nothing about it. All right, so I was thanking God for just speaking to us over and over again, giving instructions, giving counsel, equipping us, preparing us. So I, I, I was prompted in my office to pick up a book and I opened a random page. I haven't read through the book. I've had it for some years, but I haven't read it. And I've looked at some pages. A long time ago, I opened it and I saw the four things. Said the four things the larger generation must do. You, 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 you consider this. One, they should fear the Lord. Two, they should overcome sin. Three, they should have a prayer life where they talk to the Holy. They are close to God. And four, they should have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. Those four things are the four things that have been stressed in the last couple of days, last two days especially. This morning, was it last night? When did you talk about the Holy Spirit? This morning? Last night. A relationship with the Holy Spirit and prayer. Part of it last night too. And then the fear of God. And um, so, but the person they say that. And this is a prophet, this is a prophet, the person that had those words, and he said he's had encounters with Elijah. And Elijah had told him things. It's always comforting to know. That book could have opened anywhere else. It probably has up to 150 pages too. That opened to that spot. And that those four things were listed. One, two, three, four. They must for the last day, and and I read the end, and he said, the last day generation must have this. They must have boldness, and he said something. He said, Satan and his angels will be cast out from the heavens to the earth, and the last day generation will have to confront them directly. And how will you confront them if you are not as bold as a lion? And pointed out that what will happen is when those things happen that the spirit of the lord will should i say possess us with the boldness of a lion and we'll be able to tear apart the works of the enemy which is the only way to do it there's no other way we would have the guts there's no other way we would have the guts we have to have the infilling of the spirit of god in a very powerful way I think there was one time I was preaching and I said, make sure you don't backslide and be on the wrong side. I'll kill you myself. I, I will take it because you're especially annoying. Like you left us, then you now crossed over. There's come a time when people won't really be able to do much of this middle, you know. I'm not too bad, I'm not too... People have to go deep into one side or the other. Do you understand what I'm saying? Especially people that have known spiritual things. Because there's this thing in them that, no, ah, I know their tactics. You know how you've known, how, how someone becomes a traitor. You knew things on this side, and you're now on the other side, fighting on their side. You know, don't worry. There's a secret passage they use. Wait here, I'm telling you, this is what you must do. So those are the worst enemies you can have, the very worst.
<laughs> and you wonder, ah, but you don't even pray for the death of witches. Yes, but if any of you. Jesus didn't say to Judas, Judas, you see that thing you're doing? Shall I forgive you? Shall I? I'm not saying he didn't forgive him. I'm saying Judas died. If he didn't, if he didn't take long, he was dead. He, and he didn't die normally. His intestines came out. So the Bible tells you his intestines. Jesus says, better you're not born. His intestines came out. It was a very disgusting death. You don't come deep, deep, deep into God with the company of God's people. And I'll go around and say, I know them. I know where to find them. I know how to do them. I'll pray. An angel will remove your head. I don't mean your spiritual head. I mean the physical one. If they say, worship God, worship God. You then not go and become a prime agent of Satan. You don't, you don't agree with me, right? Hmm? Are you planning to join the South later? You're not sure? Stay on the righteous side. Move on to the righteous side. Stay on the righteous side. Be stuck in the righteous side of God. <laughs> so there's coming a time when there will be manifestations of incredible darkness. We've always said this. Always said this. Credible manifestations of wickedness. They will be. Not the small witches in the village. No. 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 Real. Demonic. Entities desperate to still hold on and control, control power. The difference is that in the past, they've influenced things from afar. At the end of the age, Revelation 12 says they will be cast down to the earth and they will know that their time is short because they have the calendar. They, they have a clue. They know that this is what happens. They, and they know what follows shortly thereafter. Is they'll be cast into the lake of fire at some point. Whether it's a thousand years later, whenever it is. They know at some point. They are aware. And then they see. And these, who are the people tampering, making these things happen, contributing? Who are the agents of their enemy? That's God on the other side. It's God's people. So they'll go after God's people very viciously. Why is it during these seasons? I won't ask that much, but there are seasons. Even this season, you know, people talk about ember months and all that. But these seasons, some of you may have noticed some extra temptation. Has anyone noticed? I'm not talking about accidents. God protects us. I mean temptation. Strong pressure. Temptation. It's a... It has to do with the Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. It has to do with the beginning. In the Jewish calendar, a new year started when we started this meeting. That was the new year. For us, for years, even when we didn't used to pay attention to this Jewish calendar, it wasn't purposeful. God just starts speaking to us now. And I found out later that many prophetic people, serious prophetic people around the world, I mean prophets, I don't mean young 
I don't mean people that give what not achieve. You bought a cup of beans yesterday. Not, not a cup. I mean, people who have deep, clear encounters with God. And I believe in by Friday night, there's going to be lots and lots of encounters. And God's going to say some serious things for us, for the church, for, for our land, for the body. Strong things will come. Those things will be as a result of the fact that the year has turned around. Okay? The year has come around. It's a new year. It's a new season. But if you think pure Gentile, ah, no, that's not for us. I can't wait for Christmas. Remember what I said maybe on the first day? Every wrong practice which came into the body of Christ, every way of thinking, every idea that came to become the norm in the body of Christ and may have lasted for 2,000 years. In the end of the age, Matthew 13 says, The harvest is the end of the age. Give me Matthew 13. Then when we, well, step back two verses and then we will jump to the interpretation. This is the parable. We need the interpretation. Jesus put them, verse 24. Jesus put before them another parable. Remember, he speaks in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Why does he speak in parables? I'll show you soon. Okay? I read it in the morning. I'll read it again. Well, let me show you at once. Psalm 78 from verse 1 to 3. Psalm 78. The 78th Psalm. Write it down. Give ear, O my people, to my instruction. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. He said, my people. I will open my mouth in parables. I've often said, hear it again. Those who have never heard it before. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, especially Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those are parables. You're like, no, it's instructions. Yes, it's instructions. He just said in verse 1 that you should listen to him. Verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to what? Take note. What does he call it? Right? Instruction. So what are you giving your ear to? Instruction. Listen to the words of my mouth. So what, are you, what, what else do you call them? Words of God's mouth. Watch the next verse. Verse 2 now. Now, the words of his mouth come out in what form? I will open my mouth in parables. But he started by saying, give ear to my instructions. And what pops out is a parable. And if you're looking for a parable, look for an instruction. Because the instruction itself is a parable. The parable is an instruction. Oh, he told us a story about farmland. He gave you an instruction. Oh, I saw a dream and I saw, I didn't even know what it means. 
It's an instruction. If you do not learn to equate the parable, look for the instruction in the parable. You will always tell the stories of, and Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who found a great stone of great price in a field. He sold all and bought it. So what? The instruction is, give up everything. Whoever is not able to give up everything, including his own life, for me, is not worthy of me, can't be my disciple. That's what he just told you. You can't hear the parable without looking for the instruction. So when you look at Exodus, and you shall do this, and you shall arise, and you shall kill this animal, and you shall put it on the door, and you shall this, and you shall that, and you shall march out, and you shall camp in this way, and you shall go forth. First, Judah shall go up first, and then, and all of those are instructions. You look at it and say, <laughs> all these things, let's skip forward. Let's go to where the meat is. That's the meat. They are instructions. Those are instructions. You just got instructions from the most high, most high in parabolic format. He puts them in parables, all those things. And when a good shall go this way, and if a man has a, a cow, and has a, a, you know, an ox, you know, and another man digs a hole, you know, and someone's ox falls in, the one who dug the hole must pay for the ox if it dies, and this and that. If you look at it and say, these were all the laws then, you know, he was giving you instructions. He was telling you how to live, how to bear responsibility, how we will give accounts. He was informing you. He was giving you specific instructions in parable form. And we look at it and call them laws of Moses because we don't understand God. He was telling you that the one who sets a field on fire and he jumps into the neighbor's field, and burns it down that the person who started the fire and if only we would know that the most high god used the law to tell you there are a few things i've started that i am accountable for so i will handle it all of you that like asking why they plant the tree in the garden so he would be accountable but someday we will preach I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden from the beginning. Genesis, the beginning. I'm going to. He promised you that he was coming to tell you things that have been hidden from the beginning. This, where is the book of Psalms? Somewhere in the middle, right? You see things hidden between Adam, Eve. Cain, Abel, Seth, all the way up to the split of the nations, the 70 nations, and then Nimrod, and then Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You see all that stuff I hid there with Abraham sleeping and sacrifice and smoking torch and this and that, and Jacob, the house of God experience, and Isaac's experience with his barren wife and his two twin children and this one grasping the other hill. You see all those pa parables? All the way up to Moses, all the way up. Oh, 
I am coming to utter them. I'm going to come and explain them. But how will I do it? Oh, anyone I can do now because you cannot bear it, I will send the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He will come and teach you all these things. He promised us and he did it. Now we need to know he has done it. Your job, my job, our job is to seek the Lord continually. Not in small bursts of distracted time. When the church is healthier, every public holiday will be a, great, a day of great delight. They won't be announcing it. They wouldn't announce any special meeting. They'll be, hey, there's a public holiday. And everybody will run together. It will be automatic. Even in this house, it will happen. You say, I want to rest. You rest in the presence of your brethren. That's why we do need carpeting. So you can remove all this chest and lie down on the ground. And we need a big, bigger hall eventually. Big space. And you lie down on the carpet with your notebook and your pen with your feet hanging there. And talk about the word of God. So we can study the, this our God. There's so many things. It would be when they say, oh, like the other time it happened. Lockdown. And instead of people say, oh, people go, yay. I would have had a meeting every single day. Every single day. And those that don't have money, they say, no, don't worry. There's a, 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 a data bank. Just sign, you set up something. Anyone, when you, once you need data, press this code. Recharge your phone. Just charge your phone with electricity. That's your job. And we are meeting from morning to evening. Every chance you have. You're just having endless Bible study. Those that are in a, local, a physical locality, get it. Oh, come to my house. I have a big screen. Put it on. Yeah, we are. Who says it has to have announcements and complicated things? Who says? I said if we had a hundred years and had Bible studies every day, I don't think we would do 3%. If we know what is inside this thing, this, this. It's so much so that I think God himself knows. So he just, he made provision for it to go on in the coming ages. We will be studying the Bible for a long time. There's so much to know. There's so much to learn. There's so much truth. There's so much light. There's so much the Holy Spirit desires to give us. But we must be willing. We must be hungry enough to be willing. Or to be anxious about pursuing it. Are you hearing me? When the day comes, we will know this thing. God forbid 
God forbid that we come to our senses when it is not possible. God forbid. In China, decades ago, the 20th century, 19, before, well, they had different upheavals. They had the Boxer Revolution where they got up, killed all the intelligentsia, the artists, the intellectuals, foreigners. Now they're just killing them. And then they also had the communist takeover in Mao Zedong. Now, by the time people would sneak in illegally and hold illegal Bible studies and meetings in China. They would have meetings. Everybody's whispering, or you get arrested. And you hear about the preacher being by the wall, like this. And human beings are one feet from him. There are human beings everywhere from here. All this walking around, I do none of that, because there's no space. You stand like this. 13, 14 hours. It's you that wants to close because they don't want you to close. They can sit down there for days. Someone came with the word of God from America. They are so hungry, so hungry for the word. So hungry. And before these horrible events occurred, that people were teaching them a lot of the empty talk that is our common food that we eat normally. Oh, so what will happen is before tribulation, there will be the rapture. And the tribulation arrived without the rapture announcement. At least it didn't reach China. I don't even reach any other part of the world. So can you imagine being a leader? The leaders had to explain. I told you people said there won't be tribulation. What's this thing we went through? What's all this horrible tribulation we are undergoing? With all these deaths and murders and, and pers incredible persecution. Because God never said those things. How could they have known? But I thought the Bible says, what does it say? If you had bothered to study it properly, if you had sat down, if you had been consistent in your study of the word, if you had applied yourself to faithful study of the word, they would have known. See, there are things you can't know just by human prophecy, um, present continuous prophecy. We spoke about that in the morning. About how the scriptures are the primary prophecy. I didn't open much scripture, okay? But you could, I could have read for you First Peter chapter 1 and Second Peter chapter 1. Where it says directly that the scriptures are prophecy and that we would do well to take heed to it. So when people do not search out prophecy, we presume, I've heard 
people say things as ridiculous as this. Say, if God is speaking, would it, will it be clear? When people say astonishing things like that, to a God who said he will open his mouth in parables, a God it is said of that he did not speak except with a parable in Matthew 13. So much so that his disciples asked, why do you speak to them in parables only? In other words, why do you keep hiding things? Why are you hiding what you're trying to tell them? A parable hides things. Because he's a God who... The Bible says he loves to hide. The Bible actually says that. And he says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search it out. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 25. The glory of God to conceal is the glory of kings. Search it out. He wants to raise kings. He's the king of kings. He wants kingly material. He wants people who enjoy a good adventure. Who don't mind puzzles and riddles. Who like to crack riddles. Because when you find and understand a riddle, when you get to understand it, the aha moment is very exhilarating. That which is too easily available is despised, typically. That which took effort to find, when it is found, is much more enjoyable. Do you understand it? How utter things hidden from the beginning, he said. That we have heard and known, and our fathers have relayed to us. I read this in the morning. Not with all this explanation, but enough to say that things are meant to pass down. We have heard and known, and our fathers have relayed to us. Which ones have our fathers relayed to us? How many of us can firmly say, confidently, this was relayed to me. This was relayed to us. We have to determine that we will relate things. Even if our fathers did not understand it, that they related, we can now crack it. Do you understand? The good stuff in the coconut must be broken through. Many good things, you must go in to access it. There's a harsh process to extract it. Mining gold. Mining precious metal. It's hard. You have to crack the earth. You have to go into darkness. You have to face incredible risks. But when you come out, you're rich. If you pay the price. If you will not pay the price, you do not deserve the price. What did I say? If you will not pay the price, you do not deserve the price. 
let me finish. Let's finish to verse 7 where we stopped in the morning or 8 so that you, you can see. We will not hide them from our children, but we'll declare to the next generation the praises of the Lord and his might. Remember, these are still instructions and these are in, par in parable form. Yes, we will not hide them from their children. We will not hide the words which he uttered which went forth from his mouth in parables. We won't hide the parables. You won't keep telling your children things like, well, I would have told you about this. It's just that we, we did not understand it. Major reason people do not pass on things is because they don't understand it. And the feeling is that why pass on confusion? So they pick out only the parts they understood and pass that on. And the deep treasures that were in parable form, in dark sayings, are left behind. Do you hear what I just said? Oh, I'll repeat it because I want you to ensure you hear it. One reason why there's so much superficiality, surface type understanding and shallow understanding is that through the many generations, when people have studied the scriptures, have read and learned things from the scriptures, once in a while, there's the one or two or three or five people who go much deeper, who have great depth of insight. People listen to them and go like, what, 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 what is he talking about? Ah, ah, this thing he said, though. <laughs> it's hard to understand, though. <laughs> okay, we've heard, we've heard. Then they settle for the easy. Let me show you, let me show you. People, I found something nice. Would you like to partake in it? Yes. Come. He has it. Give us two. Here's the price. Take. Isn't it nice? Mm, tastes really good. She tells her. So everybody buys from him. This knowledge which they found here, it's easy and it's enjoyable. It's not that tough. You just cross the street, take some steps forward, you're at the place. It's in the word of God. It talks about Jesus. He is the light of the world, shining in the darkness. Yay. This other part talks about the blood of Jesus washing away our sins. Awesome. Then there's this one that says that Jesus will come again and we'll be with him forever. That means in heaven where he is. Okay. And since it's so easy, she tells her. Then she has her children. So the, it passes down the generations. The easy things. And they can collect. And then there are these seven men. In different places at different times. Who have a problem with easy. Everybody crosses the road. They said. I think there has to be more. There has to be more. So they take a trip. They get here and ask questions. They can't answer. They move on here. They ask some more questions. Uh, they are seeing, oh, yeah, there's a little more here. Oh, look at, I found. 
It's better than that thing by far. I dug deep. I found it looks like gold. But I'm noticing another streak. So they pass down here. And then they go here. Ah, this almost looks like, oh, okay, it, it's, it's, it's platinum. Oh, wow. And then they cross in here. And then they go deeper. And they go deeper. And they go deeper. I'm sorry. I have a sound. Sorry for the screeching. But that's the sound of success. <laughs> and they come up from there and they head this way. And they head further. And they head further. And they go deeper. They move things. They go deeper. These are the guys that come out with diamonds. Do you understand me? Look at what I found. Wow. Whoa. Where I want. Come. Let me show you. No, not that way. This way. Eh? Okay. No, not there. This way. Ah, ah, where are we going? No. Come now. Come. Ah, ah. Hey, my legs are tired. Oh. Where are you going? Ah. Eh, I bet I'm going back. Maybe you come back. <laughs> Let me go and plan. What? Which generation will you pass it to? He didn't even start. He's a non-starter. The man has all the experiences. He writes a book. <laughs> this is your experience. Yes, so I really admire some of you. You know, God just raises some people and gives them grace. You have to come up with theology to defend your laziness. No, I just described Christianity. If you can understand this, you understand what has happened to the body of Christ. How can you be stressing yourself like that? Keep it easy. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. What's all the in-between for? It's very straightforward. Christianity is simple. Nothing complicated. We believe in him. You go to heaven forever. Amen. The problem is, it's not amen. Amen means maybe so. It will not be so. So it's a lie. People do not like to follow the man, the person who went deeper, but they love the treasure. Do you know what happens with his treasure? People pick pieces, pieces, because you can't get that thing from taking someone's own. You have to dig young. They pick pieces. They pick one. They form a whole mighty denomination around it. The other one picks a piece. The other one picks a piece. A funny thing about many of these people that dig out these things, they don't tend to want to. They are, they are too busy digging and hunting for more treasure to want a lot of. Do, do you know how lonely they were in, in, under the ground, digging away while men slept? It's bright day out there. It's pitch black under where they are with a lamp. And the risk of that, those mines caving in on them. But they keep digging away. Everyone loves what they bring out. But they are not willing to pay the price of accessing themselves. I repeat, we will not hide them from our children, but we will declare to the next generation the praises of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has performed. But you have to have experienced it to declare it. And if you have not experienced it, you cannot declare it. You declare the easy. Come, my children. Bring your own children. And bring my grandchildren. Come. You cross the street only. Let's keep it easy and simple. Only simple. God did not ex 
intend for it to be complicated. He did. I repeat, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search it out. Proverbs 25 verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. And the glory of kings to search it out. There cannot be too many kings. There are only few kings. But definitely there could be more. If people fight for political power and kill themselves, if they fight for all sorts of things because of what they hope to gain from it, shouldn't we fight for things that are more important than that? Whenever we are willing to pay the price, if we will pay the price, and we should pay the price, we will find treasures. If we are going to declare to our children, we must take our children to the mind. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes, yes. That meeting won't be one and a half hours. That meeting will not be one and a half hours. And it won't be once a week. It won't be twice a week. It's going to be way more than that. We are going to have to study our Bibles a bit differently. Believe me. Years and years ago, we started and have continued studying what we call the Believer's Bible School. Which is simply Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. Which we teach everyone. That comes. Is willing to come. And I often say, I'd rather you came for those classes than come for Sunday meetings or general meetings like this. Build a foundation. You need it. It will keep you. Dig deep. Build a foundation. If you hear it and obey it, it's not enough to hear it. If you hear it and do obey it, you're on your own. You're a hearer and not a doer. You're deceiving yourself. But if you hear it, it and practice it, it will keep you because your foundations will be deep. Your foundations will be deep. And when the day comes, when the day comes, you'll be glad you did. Everyone who is willing to dig deep and pass the things, you not hide them. How will you hide? You take the children into the minds. And stop saying, well, no, it's okay. This is not for you. No, no, this is not for you. No, no, this is not for you. This one is for this. This one is for that. Who is it for? He said we will not hide them from their children. Why did he say it? Because people keep feeling, oh, they are children. They are children. The next generation does not deserve it. It's too much. It's too heavy. It's too weighty. It's too dark. These parables are too confusing. It's a book of Revelation. And Daniel. Not the first five chapters. That's easy. There are stories. It's the remaining chapters. What is it with goods and horns and beasts that cannot be described properly? Angels coming and going. Princes of Persia and Greece. What are these things? What are we to do? We talk that involves numbers like 1,260 or 2,520. 
They are the parables of God. And they were meant to be searched out. They were meant to be searched out. Not by one or two people. By everyone. If everyone paid attention, we could have all gotten pieces. That may have brought it all together. If one of us is to be like David, the household is to be like God. We would have had the mind of God fully. An individual cannot stand and say, I have the mind of Christ. It's we that have the mind of Christ. We, the collective, the group. So a piece is revealed to different ones of us. Put it together and we have light. And we cannot stumble in the darkness. May we use the time we have while we have it. To study the scriptures, not like how we've done. And I'm saying this to a community of believers who over the years have studied the Bible so much above average, so very differently from how what is commonplace. Study the Bible a lot, corporately and individually. I know this. We have. It's not enough to study, it's to practice it. But if we who have studied so much feel so inadequate, if I look at you and I think, wow, there's so much more we ought to have studied, so much more. If we are going to be able to fight so much better at the end of the age against the lies Satan will unleash. The scriptures say the dragon will open his mouth and he'll pour out a flood after the woman. That's how he's going to attack the woman. A flood. If you listen to what was that series called? Last day's deception. The last day's deception. One of those messages talked about dragon speak. That series, series of, I don't know, twenty something messages, possibly. You should listen to it. Dragon speak. The Bible says the dragon opened his mouth and sent a flood after the woman and the earth helped her. And she was given eagle's wings. <coughs> In Revelation 12. A flood of lies will sweep this earth. People will believe so many lies. And the church, the Israel of God, will have to go into hiding. We read that passage in the past historicist perspective only. All you will see is Israel of old bringing forth Jesus. But if you read in the futuristic, present and futuristic terms, as I am more inclined to do. Because the Lord Jesus is the man child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron as promised in Psalm 2. But the Lord Jesus said to the church who overcomes, if they overcome, I will give them a rod of iron to rule the nation. So at the very least, that passage is not talking about only Jesus. It's talking about the company of believers who overcome. Who Jesus was very clear in saying that whatever the Father gave him, he will give to them. And that will sit, they will sit with him in his throne and rule with him. We saw that yesterday. So the, 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 the woman, the, therefore, is... Cannot be Mary, as it's normally interpreted, or it's just Israel, natural Israel, the one 
the one who answers to the born woman, the one who is akin, identical, identified with the born woman and her son. Are you listening? It's the Israel of God, the one new man brought together of Jews and Gentiles, and they'll bring forth a man-child company, the ones who will rule and reign with Christ. That body called the church today, the commonwealth of Israel, that body will be attacked by Satan with a flood, the dragon, a flood from his mouth, trying to sweep her away. God will help her. But the man-child company will not be with her. They would be with the Lord on his throne. It's she that will be taken to the wilderness and hidden. For time. For it's an amount of time. We are here today preparing, if you possibly can, not to be in that company. But be in the company of the man-child that she gave birth to. Those that came out of her, that were caught up to the throne of God, the place of authority. That chapter, it says, rejoice you who dwell in the heavens. Mourn, woe to you who dwell on the earth. The earth won't be a good place to dwell. It simply won't. You wish you had a seat above. Does that mean it means they will be cut away? This after they've been cut away? Not necessarily. Their bodies might be on earth, but their experience might be totally supernatural. And they'll be zapping in and out. So if the first resurrection might have happened by then, simply means you can't hold them. The Bible tells you that when the first resurrection happens, that they cannot die anymore. You can't kill them. They are, they are too supernatural to be taught. <clears throat> Even if they are on the earth, they are dwelling in the heavens. <clears throat> Their capacity is very different. They are not mere mortals. They have a supernatural body. While at the same time, they will be natural mortals. Is this clear? Keep going. For he established a testimony. Now, everything I read to you in verse 1 and 2 is coming together. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. These are the parables I told you. These are the parables. These are the secret sayings, the dark sayings, the hidden words. It, it's called a testimony. It's called a law which he commanded our fathers to teach their children is the same thing he's telling you hey did you hear that thing i spoke about this is it the parable it's an instruction <coughs> it's a testimony and it's a law that's what god did he took his laws and made them into riddles. And there are so many examples. I think we looked at one in the morning. So many examples of when God is speaking and you think you know what he means. 
and you don't know what he means. He is creating. It says, and on the fourth day, hidden things from the beginning. On the fourth day, Genesis 1, that day we talked about some. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Why is it in the beginning? Because John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And you read that and it says, in him was light. So you can say in the beginning was the light. And it says, without him was nothing made that was made. And John is very clear that it's by the word all things were made. And the psalmist David says, Your word is a lamp and a light. So the word is the light. The light is the word. And when he now says, on the fourth day, he created the greater light to rule the day. And you count, and in the 4,000th year, from Adam, 4,000 years. And he says a thousand years is as a day. So in the fourth day, Jesus came. The light of the world. He created the greater light. Those were his parables from the beginning. Everything you're reading, you're speaking parables. It doesn't mean it did not happen physically. Some people have gone on to say there was no physical Adam. There was no physical garden. There was no physical anything. Next time someone tells you that, so tell them you, you're not physical because you came out of Ukana tree. <laughs> we are myths, we are ideas. No, there was no garden. So what was Adam and what were Adam and Eve, uh, Eve eating? There was no deception. There was. Of who? Real people. No, no, no. It's just symbolic. It is symbolic. But it played out in real life. That's like saying there was no Israel. There was no real Israel. There was no conquering of the nations. There was no Canaan. There was no Jericho. It was all a picture. No, you're dealing with God the Most High. He was painting his pictures with live ammunition. He's God. He, you, what, you want him to use toys to do his moves? He's the Most High God. And this will offend some people very deeply. How dare you say, you mean God used human beings to do? Clay pot. Yeah, a clay pot. Told Jeremiah, they clay pot. Complain to the clay pots of the world. Pot shirt, a calabash. You're one of the pieces of a calabash. He says, Do you tell the potter what are you doing? Again, when you go around believing things like that, no, I have 100% free will. And you go around preaching 100% free will. How can you agree you're a clay pot? How can you be a clay pot and have 100% free will? Hey, no, no, no. You've started living the easy way of getting things. Why do you like easy? You want treasure, you're going to have to go deeper. You cannot keep water at the ankle level. We are going to have to go deeper. But if you go deeper, you might drown. God wants you to drown. Did you hear that song from yesterday? 
Round me, Lord God. Round me, Lord God. I pray. Round me, Lord God. Round me, Lord God. I pray. Round me, Lord God. Round me, Lord God. I pray. Round me, Lord God. Round me, Lord God. I pray. Higher and higher, Lord. Higher and higher, Lord. Higher and higher, Lord. Some people need to drown higher and higher, Lord. Let the water go much higher, Lord. Higher and higher, Lord. Bring out, Lord, some people from the ground. Lift me, Lord God. Carry me, Lord, away. Lose your feet. Why are you still standing on the ground? Carry us, God, away. Lord away because the river is flowing the river is flowing the river is flowing all over the earth the river is flowing the river is flowing the river is flowing take us Lord to where the dead sea is Take us, Lord, to where the sorry waters flow. Take us, Lord, to where nothing lives, oh God. Wherever we go, let everything grow. Let the river run. Lord God, let the river run now. Come amongst us in Jesus' name. Let the river run. Let the river flow, oh Lord. Let the river run, carry us away, oh Lord. The river is flowing, the river is flowing, the river is flowing, oh it is. The river is flowing, the river is flowing, the river is flowing. This song speaks of Ezekiel 47, speaks of the book of Joshua, when the waters were parted from chapter 3, it tells you how they stepped their feet and the water rolled back all the way, the Jordan, to the Dead Sea. Ezekiel tells you the river flows out from under the temple and flows down to the salt Dead Sea. If you don't know the Dead Sea, it's a place, it's the lowest part place on the earth, they say. The lowest. The salt water is so thick, you can't sink. If you sit in it, you, you, you sit. It's so thick that you can't go under. It's called the Dead Sea. Nothing lives in it. Can't live. It kills everything. Kills everything. Can't have fish inside that thing. The salt is too concentrated. They take the mud. People pack the mud to go and use it. It has healing qualities. But the whole point is that the waters rolled back. The Bible says 2,000 cubits, if I'm not wrong, measures. And it rolled back to a city called Adam. Now I've shared on this, okay? Can't do it now. But do you think that's a mistake? 2,000? 2,000? To a place called Adam. 
The Dead Sea, Death, Adam. You think that city was named by error? No, it's the God of parables. So he'll make someone call the city Adam. He'll make you call this one a Dead Sea. He'll make you call this one. He'll do all of that. And then he'll coordinate thousands or millions of people to enact the drama of what he's trying to say. And I repeat, that will offend some. There are those who, you guys, a lot of you, you're not really offended about many things because you don't understand many things. If you know people have staked their whole career on proving certain things, with just this small thing I said, dismantles it. So if they fight it, you are not fighting because you have not lived, you have not spent 32 years written theses and papers and books proving, attempting to prove falsehoods. When you have lived, when your books have sold in the millions on falsehood, and someone shows up and begins to say things that if you agree, it will scatter your house of cards. No, 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 no. You don't respond lightly. You don't come out and say, ah, wow, what insight. Mm -mm. You launch a war, a campaign. <laughs> you will understand. When they attack you, you understand. When you go preaching, the, when they come after you, and you, first you'll be wondering, why? What did I do? Follow the money. Just follow the money. You'll find out what you did. You want to understand quickly why you're under assault. Look at how what you say affects money inflow. Things will be clear. Pretty fast. There are people as they are preaching or hearing others preaching, they are calculating. There's a mental calculator, sometimes a physical one. How are you going to go preaching things that's going to reduce offering? Reduce someone's trust in my ministry and therefore reduce the offering. Don't preach it. How dare you preach it? How is someone going to invite you and then you come out and start preaching things that makes them feel comfortable with not giving the way they've been threatened to give? How? Don't preach things like that. That's why you'll never be invited again. And that's why they invite the other person over and over again. I remember sitting in meetings years ago. Someone's going to preach a wonderful message. And you're like, oh, and again, I've been, I was so hungry for truth. And I'm like, yes, this person ticked off the bus. What he said is sound. This sound doctrine. This scriptura. And they get to the very end. I don't know how they had the hearts to do that thing. The things I have seen tied to money. I didn't know there was any rope that could join those things. <laughs> I couldn't. I would sit down. Thank God for a strong heart. Just we talk about holiness. How did you link money to it? How? 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 How, how are you able to do that? Now listen. This message will not mean anything to you if you are not. Huh? They're about to buy holiness. Now, now, we'll drop to collect holiness. But there's a reason. Because there will be another series of conferences. You don't want to be on the billboard. Want something where you, you go, per place you go, is once. And because they had some rema and they didn't know. Till you came. They now say, listen to me. Some people say or think that you need money to do this. You know, but you know, the other day the Lord told me, 
I was having an encounter and the Lord told me, my people, and people, you hear a few people in the crowd go, that H, you're not invited. Can you come here? Ministerial ethics demand that you find out what they believe in the place. How? My God has suffered. The day of judgment will be bad. They should refer to you before they preach. To ask you, please, what can I preach? The most I know one can do as a preacher is say, is there something you'd like me to teach on an emphasis? A fellowship invited me to preach sometime, I can't remember, seven years ago, so six, seven. They asked if I could speak about vows, about what else? Offerings, tight offerings and vows. I spoke about offerings and vows. I completely didn't touch tight. That's why I didn't touch at all. Because there's no way they're ready to hear it. So I didn't even mention it. They'll probably think it's because there was no time. They didn't have to do it. I spoke about vows, but I didn't say what someone would expect me to say about vows. There's only one, when Christians say vows, there's only one thing you talk about. It's not money. Do you know the vow you made during last Christmas service? <laughs> but since I know that's not what vows means only, it, that's one piece. Vows cover promises you have made. And I took time to talk about it. And the person that invited me, the leader of that fellowship, was at the back gisting with her secretary. Actively, very animatedly. It was the strangest thing. Thank God I have the ability to not care. Not that I don't feel it small, but can ignore it. What did I do? I focused on praying for the people. Spoke, gave an altar call. People came out, were crying, repenting. I told our people, make sure you come. Oh, yeah, line up behind them because of time. Lay hands. People are falling under the power of God. You know, like they had been trained to do. So our people were everywhere. They're giving prophetic words, words of knowledge, giving, 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 giving. Quietly, you know how we do it. Not on the mic, just to the were crying, people were, you know, all of that. People, oh, you could see a wave of repentance. The next day, some of them came for our BBS where we used to hold it. The leaders came to where the BBS was holding, stood outside and called all their people out physically. I think that's the last time we saw any of them. Of course, they made a choice. When you make choices like that, one day you know how far. And as is typically the case with many such people and groups, I often tell people, leave all the talk about whether you think you're this and that. Leave all this talk. What's the quality of the spiritual life of your people? Don't stop talking. Let's not talk at all. What is the quality of the spiritual life of your people? What's the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. Are they growing in love, joy, peace, goodness, humility, faith? Or is there, is, there, is there every kind of immorality going on in this place here now, now, now? Like different ones of them were confessing and crying. Is, it, is there rampant sin, not stumbles? You know the difference between rampant sin and stumbling? 
the rampant sin in this place. Is there about positions? Where you preach, like I was preaching somewhere some time ago, and oh, oh, this is the president, this is the leader of the fellowship, oh, this is the vice, and they have two boyfriends. Oh, this is the this is that. So, so you're the this, and so what? Are you a Christian at all? Do people think you're a Christian? I've asked people many times, has anyone accused you of being born again? When God, whenever I ask someone that, almost every time the answer is no. You know how you live a life so successfully unbelieving that nobody says, are you, a, are you born again? Are, are you one of those born again? Nobody even accuses you. Nobody is, nobody mistaken. The, who understands something? How many of you have been accused of being born again? That should be normal. You live a quality of Christianity, no one accuses you. By accused, I mean they said, I hope so you don't be born again. Uh, you be born again. That is, they use your name and born. They say, you didn't preach. You didn't preach. It was not preaching you preach. Even if you preach, whatever you did. The point is, have you been accosted, challenged with it? When you've lived, been born again for eight years, and nobody has said, you are born again, John. Or you, you are this one, one of these born again people. Nobody has made the mistake. You are so normal. You better get born again. That's all, how, all I will say. You better be born again. Give your life to Christ. Say, no, I'm born again. How? And you're at peace with all men. Persecution quotient, zero. Normalcy rating, 100%. Acceptability by saved and unsaved, 100%. If you are properly born again, you are a disciple. It's not believers that persecute you that much. It's Christians. That's when you know you're growing a bit. Till Christians start persecuting, till your fellow Israelites start persecuting you. Better check yourself. The law was the shadow was the format, was the parable given, okay? And we are to teach it to the children that the coming generation would know them. They are to know them, people. We are not to hide it. Even children yet to be born, to arise and tell their own children. People, we are those children of the children, of the children. A generation not yet born. This is not just physical. It was a generation of born again Christians. They were not yet born. Born from above. That had not yet happened. A generation had not yet occurred. We are the ones that were to be told the parables. He said, I will utter it. This was the Lord Jesus speaking through David. Telling us he was coming. That the things that were passed down will be taken on. Many generations. The fourth generation. Many generations down. They will receive it. And... That they would, should put their confidence in God. This is what all of this, this is the aim. To result in your putting your confidence in God. Not forgetting his works, but keeping his commandments. That's what is the result of proper passing on of the parables of God. Especially when it is uttered. 
and interpreted. It results in people not forgetting the works of God, but keeping his commandments. So don't tell me, I have great understanding. Ah, the other time I had insight into the Baruch Hashanah. Eh, what did he do? Let me finish this bottle of beer, I'll tell you. If your understanding does not translate into salvation, into a holy life, into deliverance, keep it. You are deceiving yourself. That's not understanding you have. It must translate into righteous acts, works of righteousness. It must translate into love. Philippians 1. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He says, This is my prayer. This is Paul the Apostle praying for Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles praying for us. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in what? In knowledge. And depth of inside the fruit of the spirit boiled together is love, and the container for it is knowledge and understanding, depth of insight. He wants more, 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 more love, more increasing love in the container called knowledge and depth. So the deeper your container becomes, which is a result of understanding. This is the prayer the Lord has for you. Why? That you might be able to discern. You have the ability to see what is best. To discern. When you're faced with a situation, you can look and say, um, pick this one, pick this one. Uh, that's the better one. No, 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 no. That's what love contained in knowledge and understanding does. It gives you discernment. You can see clearly. Others come and see with the eyes of the flesh. They see through certain senses. You see through discernment. No. Jacob. I'm going with Jacob. Ah, but this one will be bigger, muscular, and a good, great hunter. Yes, there was once a great hunter. His name was Nimrod. You know how that ended. I'm going with this last one. Seven sons. Jesse, you have seven. Is there not another? Oh, the last. Bring that one. That one. That's the king of Israel that is after my own heart. I'll walk it out with Joseph. I'll walk it out with Joseph. No, no, no. Let, let them sell him. Let them sell him. Why? Let, let them sell him. Love combined with knowledge and insight will create 
discernment of what is the best and will make you pure and blameless so that when the day of Christ comes, you're ready. Turn, turn, show me. Okay, lift your feet. Okay, I think he's okay. I think she's just, I think she's blameless. Okay, I think, I think we can make do with this. Not being blamed, full of blame. You want to be blameless, pure? You want to have discernment? What must you have? What should your prayer be? That you make money. Eh? All your enemies die. What should your prayer be? That you may have more love than you had yesterday, last week, last year. You must live for love. And not self-love. Others. Love. More love. I meet you in six months. One year. You love people more. When I love you. Love does not give occasion for stumbling. Love will make me. I am tempted to kiss you. Love does not lay stumbling blood for his brother. No. Not all these things that make us, oh, will they catch me? This sin is so hard. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't have love. L love is so powerful that it lays down its life. So love in and by itself has the power to counter sin. Say, no, you don't understand. I understand. Do I look like I fell down from the sky? I understand. Love. Real love. No, it's, no, there's this thing between us. There's this chemistry. It's acid. <laughs> Acidic chemistry. If I was you, I'll carry your chemistry textbook and leave that place. Fast. Love. Love overrides all. The circumstances are other. And you have failed every other level. Why am I here? What did I do? I disobeyed this, that. But for love's sake, I will have no part in making my sister or brother stumble. I will not open my mouth and tell him stupid things. Say, so you don't even know I like you. I will not tell her. No, knowing that you live there and be thinking about it. He likes me. He likes me. He likes me. He say he likes me. He likes me. And then her mind fries. Like a rat coming in contact with exposed wires. <laughs> Someone that used to stand up, carry their Bible, carry their book. I'm going to church. I'm, or I'm going to do my Bible study. Just focus. Now they come, they walk around in a half days. Stand and smile in corners of their room. Stand in front of a mirror. And in your house, your rabakata. Your prayer life will scatter. You scatter someone's own. You're praying. Kataka. It's scatter, you're praying. You don't know the interpretation. Get ready for what you don't know. Spirit of katakata. Take this thing seriously. These are the things that helped me as a young person, too. It's not a matter of growing up. 
Now you have grown up. Yes, I know far better. Yes, I made mistakes. Yes, I didn't know what I know. Yes, even if I knew some things, I still stumbled as a person. A little here, a little there. But there's no way I knew anything even near to what you guys knew. I say if, if, you've, if you've jumped every other reason, love, love never fails. Oh no, for love's sake, put your hands in your pocket. Leave now. For love's sake, for love's sake, for love's sake, for love's sake. Long after you've said, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. What about all the people you've left in, your, in the week of your rampage? What about all those dead spiritual bodies you left behind? Won't you do it for their sake? What about love for the person that doesn't know God? Then you go and help someone that does not know God. You, you know God. Then you help them make sure they will not know God. Then you run and go and repent. Love. I'm explaining. Now I'm not saying if you've goofed. And many have. That God will not forgive you. And you've confessed it. Have peace. Don't bring back the past. But allow me to preach. I can't stop preaching the truth. I always told our people from years ago. If you misbehave, that's your problem. I'll use every This thing I'm preaching. I've been preaching for endless years. So if you think I, I confess to a pastor. And now use my example. You're not serious. Go and read. Go and listen to me. Be years before you came, I used the example in exactly, I've been using it. So after he confessed to me, I'll still use my example. <laughs> That's what has stopped many preachers from preaching. They can't use the examples because they have members who confess this. So more and more, when pastor, they say when the pastor began, he used to really preach with fire. But now he's very calm because every illustration they've given him has deleted a man's illustrations. The man cannot preach again. I'm telling you, you don't, you think this is a, this is real. The only way God helps me is that when I'm standing to preach many times, I'm, it's like I'm not even there. It's someone else preaching. I'll hear my mouth say things there. I'll say, God, did you just say that? Some, I don't even hear it. People tell me I said it later. I say me. They say you said it. God will make me forget anybody said it because my, pastoral mind i had to say hey yeah if you say this thing someone might <laughs> i used to these days i don't remind they should actually print up a list of things oh things i've said over the years oh pastor does not change his message for anybody oh i cannot i will never become those people who have betrayed their master the master says say something do you know how many people we say when we tell the truth People who have not yet fallen into it will not fall into it. If we say it, they keep keeping quiet. They'll fall their own. Then people, then thousands, then millions fall into it. Because you've, your message has been so sanitized, nothing is left. Then all you can do is, um, well, isn't God good? I say, isn't God good? Who can be offended with that one? Who will you wound? Nobody. So I'm never trying to wound anyone or hit at anything you said. Oftentimes, again, even if coming out of my mouth, go make sure I can't remember someone even said it or told me such a thing. But the truth must be told. So it saves and you must be healed. All your errors which you've confessed, God will forgive them. That's a fact. So don't be bothering or dwelling on anything that is under the blood. But do understand, I'm telling you what's called consequences and why you don't sin and why those who tell you you should sin and just tell God sorry. Be careful. 
Because when you sin, there are consequences. Included in those consequences are things you have long left. Oh, I used to do this and I did it. I asked God to forgive me and he did. He made me a brand new man. And years later, you show up. And there's the child of the person whose parents you killed. Or the person. Those, that's the child. And the guy lives by this road. Roadside. You killed his parents. Yes. They were, that's a concept. Oh God, I thought you forgave me. He did. But what about this child? What, what about it? But if you forgave me, you should have. I forgave you. That's the consequence. You want to do something about it? You should do something about it. Pick him up and provide for him. Oh, so all this money I'm losing, that's the consequence. It's called consequence. It's real. Me, I preach consequence. So if I'm the only one left preaching, I'll preach it. Because I know my master preached it. This thing we do. No consequence. Once it's under the blood, it's gone. It's not gone. The broken tumbler stays broken after you said sorry and we're forgiven. It's still broken. Daddy is using a plastic cup. You broke his tumbler. Every time you see that cup, you're not supposed to still be wounded so much. But that slight tinge you feel, Kai, my friend came and saw my father using a plastic cup. And he started gisting about how he loves drinking with plastic. That glass sometimes does his tichang. That's his love for you. And acting like, you know, I prefer plastic. Someone gave me a, 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 a cup, a glass cup, and I tell him, no, 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 no. Plastic is the way to go. I love plastic. That's love. God does that for us. But we get mixed up and now tell everybody, listen, whatever you do, don't worry. Worry. I insist that you worry. Worry till you repent. And after I repent, worry about not committing again. Because it matters. There are consequences. We create consequences in this earth. You cannot tell me God did not forgive Adam and Eve. You don't understand. He did. The Bible tells you he clothed them. With what? Did you see them beg him to clothe them? He found his children, his first man and woman, covered in leaves. He knew that death had come. Before that, maybe no leaf ever died. These people got fig leaves. They were not aware, according to the book of Romans chapter 5, that death entered the world through one man's sin. Death had come. Death had visited the earth. Death had come. And if death is in the earth, death is going to do exactly what death does. Adam and Eve had never met death. They didn't know how death works. Are you hearing me? But God knew. I saw a part, you know. I have to start writing. I need co 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 author. I saw a part. This is sad, but I'm going to read it. Since it rhymes with one, I'm reading. I'm going to read something. This is from a message sometime. I think 2nd May last year. It's an excerpt. I was preaching. It's a transcription. Part of something I was preaching. So... Pretend it's a novel you're reading.
Adam had authority with God. He did. But he didn't change a thing. You have to leave the garden. I'm sorry, Mr. Adam. So this is an angel. I'm sorry, Mr. Adam. We have been sent to escort you out. This way, please, madam. Why? Oh, so you won't eat the fruits of the tree of life. You were allowed to eat it five minutes ago before you ate this one. You were free to eat it. But now, no more. You can't eat this fruit. You can't touch it. I'm sorry. You've eaten this one. The combination does not work well. We don't want you surviving forever. Sorry. Satan is going to use you like you cannot believe hereafter. I don't want to give you details, Adam. But let me just give you a hint. Your first son will kill your second son. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that fast. Oh, yes. That's why I said you shouldn't eat it. I didn't know. Doesn't matter. Should I tell you what your seventh son will do? In the time of your seventh son, the seventh generation, this door you've opened, sons of God will come from the other realm and rape your daughters. They will give birth to children that are monstrosities. They will be incredibly intelligent, but they will also enter into manipulation and experimentations that will literally destroy the earth. They are going to create things like insects that bite people and in every year, millions will die from the bite of just one of those insects. In English, that insect will be called the mosquito. The mosquito will be responsible for millions of deaths every year. It will kill the most people. It will kill more people than war or any other thing. I'm just informing you that very soon all these things will happen. You mean for that thing I just ate? Yes, sir. So you see, you living forever will be a problem. So if you would please exit the garden, and just to be doubly sure, cherubim have been sent to guard the tree in addition. Ah, but I would never do that. If they say I shouldn't eat it. I've always been obedient to God. It's just this one thing. I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Adam, you don't understand. Evil has come. You ate the fruit. It's in you now. You will try to eat that tree. I am assuring you, you will attempt to eat that tree. You will try to kill an angel, a cherubim, to eat that tree. I know. I love you. I would love to keep you in the garden. At least this is what the maker says. But he knows you will attempt to eat that tree. That is why you have to leave. We are not removing you as punishment. We are removing you because if you stay here, the disaster you will cause, the first evil will be like nothing. You will now be an eternally evil being. You need to die so you can live. Because before there's resurrection, there must be death. Another Adam has to be created. His name will be Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. You will be designated the first Adam. He will be the last Adam. He will be obedient in all things. And because of that, he will suffer. But he will learn obedience through the things he suffers. You just had to suffer curiosity. What would have happened if I ate this fruit? But Madame couldn't keep her hands away. This Madame here. She couldn't suffer the burden of curiosity. She had the right to every other tree, but she had to taste this one. The one tree out of how many? Thousands? She must eat this one. Unfortunately, her eating, you had one law to keep, and that was the law. Thou shalt not eat this one tree. Curiosity has killed the cat. So please, before I enter trouble, we're giving you too many secrets that have not yet come to pass. Please exit the garden.
That's an imagined conversation that that angel had with Adam. It's still happening today. Children of Adam are still choosing which Adam to follow. First Adam, last Adam. First Adam, last Adam. First Adam, last Adam. Most times, I'll, take, I'll go with the first. Wait, how do you end with him? We should be going with the other guy. His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You follow this one. This one will lead into sin. The old man, Colossians calls it. He says, put off the old man and put on the new man. When you read the Bible, understand what you're reading. And this is the best time to be alive, people, you and I. We are, we are in good times. You think this is Rama? It's going to increase. Oh, because we are at the end. The light is going to be very bright. You're going to see all sorts of things from scripture. You wonder how come everybody did not see it. Because of the time. Because the sun will be so bright. Things will be very clear. But when things are clear, what will you do with the clarity? Will it become judgment to you? Will God look at you and say, to much, to you, much was given. Therefore, much is expected. We are the generation that must overcome sin, overcome lies, overcome death, overcome everything. The Bible says the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Death has not been destroyed. It's why I tell you, don't be saying the finished work of Christ. The finished work of Christ is Passover work and Pentecost work. Tabernacle work is not finished. He's going to destroy all enemies. Hebrews tells you directly, we do not yet see all enemies put on their foot. He was quoting the 8th Psalm. Psalm 8. He said, we do not yet see. And that man he was talking about is Christ. Hebrews tells you. He says, all, he says directly, we do not yet see every enemy put on their foot. Every enemy will be put on their foot. Death will be the last enemy. Any kind of death. First death is ruling. Second death is coming. But that's not the end. As the church has interpreted it. How can that be the end? The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. You're told in name. Death will be destroyed. Then Jesus will be done. And the Bible says when he's finally done, 1 Corinthians 15, you hand over everything to the Father. And God will be all and in all. The future is beautiful. The news is good. We are sent to announce it. We have an interim, an interim period where what you do matters. Everything you and I say or do matters. Now, so watch what you say and do. All we say and do matters. There are consequences for all we say and do. If you miss fire, there will be consequences. You goof, you rip. God wants to roll back the waters all the way to Adam. Joshua is Jesus. Joshua is the English form of Jesus, which is the Greek form, Jesus. That was not Joshua you were reading about. That's Jesus. That, the book of Joshua is Jesus. It's the old covenant, Moses, handing over to the new covenant. 
it, it's all the parables, parables. It, that's it, that's it, that's it. He's telling you what he will do. He's telling you what Joshua will do. And Jesus in his first coming did exactly what Joshua did. Conquered very many enemies, all the enemies. And at the end, he said there are still yet many cities to be conquered. That's exactly what Jesus did. First coming. He comes again. And this time he will continue. Problem is you think it will be instant. You think when Jesus appears, boom. Question, when will he appear? I'm not even going there. I don't know. I've, I have ideas. You talk about it on and off. When? Is it before? Is it here? Is it when the trumpet sounds? It cannot be. That's not when every enemy is put on their foot. Because at the end of a thousand years, in clear language of scripture, Satan is deceiving the whole world and they are following him. Satan will be locked away for a thousand years. So this is a serious matter. When you, when, when you see Satan fighting back, trying to spread evil everywhere, he's not fighting as a joke. He knows what follows. They will lock him up for 1,000 years. Can you picture Satan? They locked up other demonic princes years ago. The Bible tells you in the book of Jude that they are locked up in chains of darkness. But Satan was not locked up. He was moving to and fro through the earth, looking for whom to devour. Again, in our typical thinking, we think it's only Satan there is. Satan is the leader. There are other big boys, very big, big guys, very dangerous big guys. They are so dangerous, they lock them up. Unfortunately, it seems some may be released. Revelation, the angel of the abyss. There are all sorts of things that will happen on your earth. There are those who do not like to hear things like this. Some of you, you've never heard things like this. Then those who have heard, you don't like to hear things like this. Why will you be saying things like this? In fact, the only good thing is the trumpet of sound. You go, I repeat, you're going nowhere. Because scripturally, you go nowhere. So you can't, the only way you go anywhere is die. And if you commit suicide, you, you know, your ticket typically might fall out of your pocket as you're falling. So you cannot commit suicide. Said, no, I don't want to see this thing. You're saying, ah, you jump from the, your ticket to heaven just falls out of your pocket. You look up, you expect an angel to come and escort you. You see black, black things. You're going down, down, down. What do you do? Get afraid? No. I'm not afraid of the darkness. Whom shall I fear if God be for me? What shall we say to these things? Hallelujah. What shall we say to these things? I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. Someone say, I'm afraid. I beg. Leave that to you. I'm afraid. <laughs> yes, it's okay to be afraid, Dan, but you can stop being afraid. And how? God has not given you a spirit of fear. So get the spirit God gave you. Do you understand? He will kick out the spirit of fear. 
It is why we must be full of the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. When we are full of the word of God and the sword is in our hands and we have a shield of faith that's big enough for us and others, you tell the enemy, come on, let's tangle. And that's the only preparation I'm preparing for. So what do we do in this world? The Bible tells you what to do. First Corinthians 6, chapter 7 says that you should, in summary, present day language, treat the things of this world like lightly. As using the things of this world, not abusing it. He said, He said, let the one that is married be as he that is not married. He said all sorts of things. Why, why did he say it? Let the one that is married be as though he's not married. Like he, he really he was emphasizing, live life. Don't let anything apart from Jesus capture your mind and heart so thoroughly that you sideline the kingdom and its righteousness. Nothing. Not that you should engage here and there as God leads you, but very lightly. Are you hearing me? Any questions? You have a question? Raise your hands. We are preparing now. Tomorrow, I'll announce it again. The excerpt you read says another Adam will have to be created. His name is Jesus. The expression, I'll read it. So if you write it, I'll read all of you. If you, if you, if you, don't, if you want, don't want me to read any, remember, I retain the rights to it's a very simple agreement. New commas, old commas. Anything you say, you're even free to come and say it here. In fact, if you don't even like standing in your seat to answer questions, come, I'll sit down. Feel free. Say, no, what I have to say will take three minutes, four. I don't agree. Be and I mean, I'll try and take notes. We must learn. Nobody has a monopoly of knowledge or understanding, okay? But I must always retain the right to respond. Okay? The same way you have the right to respond. Because you're a child of God. This is not my house. This is the house of God. So. All right. So the expression created is mistaken. The second Adam was not created. He's the creator. Yes, I feel that that should be corrected, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, ma. Whoever you are. Ma, sir. Thank you. The second Adam was not created. He's a creator. Okay, he didn't come out of here. Uh... So you've insisted that in this world, someone have fell out of a tree, have you? <laughs> didn't the Bible say he took on the form of man? And man is what? Created, uncreated. Was his spirit? Huh? What did the Bible say about... Testing the spirit. You see, if anyone says that Christ did not come, come in the flesh, that he's the what? Should we open it? All flesh is flesh is created. Why did the Lord Jesus take the construct 
the construction materials from the body of Eve. Was Eve created? Sorry, Mary. Was Mary created? That is why he had to be raised from the dead. The creator cannot die. The Jesus there. Hmm? First Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 12. Someone read, read, read. Pick your mic. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? So was Christ raised from the dead? Hold that mic. You're going to keep reading. Verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. So Christ was dead. Any argument? Verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The so first 22. fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The but, first fruits. Who is the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep? Christ. What does falling asleep mean? Christ. Christ is what? Of those. He's first in a class. Is he first in a category? Do we agree that this place just said Jesus is the lead in a category of others who have fallen asleep? Did we see yesterday that the dead in Christ will rise first? But do we see Christ is the first fruit? Go on. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. So Christ is described as? Verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Everyone read the first phrase. For as in Adam, all die. In. Adam. In. Adam. Today you must be. It's like one person that has understand. The rest of you are like. Thanks, Evita. <laughs> Who wants to thank what I want to thank? As in, to be in the set, the class of those that die, you must be in. Christ came and was born of. Of a woman. And the woman was taken out of. In Adam, did Christ die? Yes, sir. So Christ is uh, Adam. the one that said it to. <laughs> verse 44. Verse 42 first, then jump to 44. 
so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown a natural body. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Question, what kind of body did Christ have while he was on earth? Natural body. I wouldn't have been able to die. And what kind was he raised with? And what is the promise of resurrection? For I just had 17 denominations start. <laughs> just started 17 new churches. I just I just had. <laughs> now, if God does not bring us together, if you go into the future, like there'll be 17 groups, each with their 2,000 members. <laughs> So please, in between these next few years, let's try and resolve that, that, that argument. <laughs> it's a good question. Let's end with... Verse 50 down to 53 or 54. Now I declare to you, brothers, pay that attention that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Did Christ Jesus have flesh and blood? Yes. One. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must be clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. You hear that the perishable must be clothed with the imperishable? Christ was all these things. Is this, is this clear? He became this for us. We didn't read the Adam passage, verse 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Became. A living soul. The last Adam. Which translation here breaks down things into the tiniest pieces? Who has a Young's literal translation? Let me read verse 45. What if I so, so King James says, read. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. He made 
You underwent a process. That much. Can you agree? Gangri became the last Adam for a life-giving spirit. We know he was not a spirit when he was walking on earth. So he's talking about what he became later. Is this clear? So before that, he was he underwent the Lord Jesus underwent a process. Any argument? The Lord Jesus underwent a process as an example for us. That body, that man that walked on the earth was made to be something. He was created. Apart from just for the sake of literary beauty, what I read or enacted where I said another Adam has to be created. His name will be Jesus. The scriptural word for it is this. The book of Ecclesiastes. Because of time, okay? You would have... Oh. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Verse 5, sorry. 5. Read. And you do not know the path of the wind, or how the bones are formed in a mother's womb. So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. So that should answer you. Did Christ have bones? Was Christ formed in the womb? How do things form? Is that the creation process? Or is it nothing? Is it... What is that? Is she created? Are you a created being? How did it happen? How did you begin this thing? Was it out of the womb he came? It was just this one question. Huh? The summary of what I'm saying is don't be religious in a bad way. It's okay to... But it's the kind of things you don't start a war over. In a sense, like I can say it's true. He's a creator. He wasn't made. But mm -mm, I think it's a good opportunity to do a little Bible study. People have, do you know people, the average person thinks Jesus walked around the earth as Jesus, as God creator? No, the, we read it yesterday in Philippians 2. 
that he took on the form of man, didn't count equality with God, something to be held unto, and humbled himself, became a servant, and even to the point of death. Stop classifying Jesus Christ as God walking around the earth. Classify him as one who took on the form of man and was obedient unto death. If he needed to be obedient, that's enough for you to know that it was hard. The Bible says he learned obedience through the things he suffered in Hebrews chapter 5. Through the things he suffered. Why would he suffer if it just came to him naturally? The Bible says he was tempted in all respects as we are, yet sin not. Have you read that in Hebrews here? Again, let's not keep opening. I want to open some of that. No, 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 no. The Lord Jesus was not creator walking around. He was the son of... What did he call himself? That's what's his favorite name. The son of man did not come. The son of man came. Son of, don't go around calling himself the son of God. Leave it in Jesus' name. Leave it alone. If you have had a, a concept in your, I, I, no, now nobody can do that. Many, that's how I grew up thinking. No, nobody can do that, you know. You know, Jesus was Jesus, so ah, <laughs> nobody, stop it. Don't teach such things. Don't preach it. Yes, Jesus and everybody who has a specific role has extra grace to accomplish it. Yes? But the Lord Jesus gave us an example. When he says you should imitate him, why would you imitate an impossibility? Have you heard me? Don't walk around saying, I beg. Have you heard people? They talk. I know you're here, but it's your neighbor we are talking about. Say, I beg, I'm not Jesus. You better be. Because that's the will of God. Okay? And by the way, you may not understand. Even when I was saying those things that I was reading out, if you understand and if you've heard me preach about it, I just read it. We read it together. He's the first fruit of a race of last Adam's. That's what I meant when I say this, this one to follow and this one. And we often still follow the old one. You're supposed to follow this one. That means you and I ought to be after, it's there in 1 Corinthians 15, but I don't think we read it. He said, as we follow the other one, that we should follow the image of this one. Did we read it? It's, it's, it's one of those verses. After talking about Adam, first Adam last, says we should put on the image of the new Adam. You're commanded to. If we can't put it on, then why are we told to? So don't equate Jesus as the great supernatural God walking the earth. No. But you won't try. You won't see any reason to try. Is this clear? All right. No other question, right? Was there any other question? All right. If there's none, I'll be glad to bid you a good night. After we pray, but I'll make an announcement first. Tomorrow is Friday. Yom Kippur. 
extra day representing the day of atonement. The day of atonement speaks of the day where sins are forgiven. It represented a time when people ask the Lord, Oh God, help us, forgive us for what we've done. It was a day where you fasted and prayed and sought the Lord and said, Show mercy to me. Do not count my sin against me. Before the Lord Jesus came, it was done with other things. They used other methods and sought mercy. The whole season it was a culmination. Once when things were being brought to an end, an accumulation of things. The Lord called them his appointed feast. You look at the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, from verse 24 to 32. I'm going, we are going to read it. Speak to the Israelites and say, On the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of rest, a sacred assembly. Announced by trumpet blast. Whenever it's a day of rest, you understand that it's a Sabbath. That's a day of rest. You must not do any regular work, but you are to present an offering made by fire to the Lord. The first day. Again, the Lord said to Moses, the tenth day of this seventh month is a day of atonement. And that's that tenth day tomorrow. Mark him from the first day we start seeking the Lord. You shall hold a sacred assembly and humble yourselves. That's fast. Deny yourselves. Different Bible. You say and present an offering made by fire to the Lord. So you shall hold a sacred assembly, special assembly, holy assembly. You come aside, you'll assemble. Huh? Go back to verse 24. The first day, sacred assembly is announced by trumpet blast. That's why it's called the Feast of Trumpet. It was the beginning of a 21 two day program. Go on, jump down, verse 26. So it was announced. But 10 days later, because 10 marks completion, there was to be enough. Can I give the spiritual understanding? 10 days before, you, were, you began to be told. For those who don't understand the significance of number 10. Right, 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 right. No time. Get messages. Listen to them. Listen to the messages. Listen. It's good for your soul. Ah, Paridaka, see. Ten years after Sarah. Genesis chapter 16, verse 3. I'm summarizing. Ten years after Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, his wife, she was a time. She was impatient. She took her Egyptian maid servant and gave 
had to Abraham. Something has said, time is up. Ten years is enough. Because the number ten is very significant. Genesis 18.32. He prayed and said, What if only 10 people are found in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah? Will you destroy it? Summary, no, I will not destroy it. If I find 10, if God, and that was the last number, if they were up to 10, Sodom and Gomorrah would have survived. They were not. 10 was the qualification number. It was a complete number needed for mercy. Is that good? Genesis 24, verse 11. The servant of Abraham, his name was Eleazar of Damascus. He took how many of his master's camel to go and get Rebekah? How many camels? Ten. To get the picture of the one that represented Christ. His name was Isaac. He was taken to the mountain where Jesus was put to death thousands of years long after. Moria, where the temple site was. That area. That is where. Isaac was taken. Isaac is a picture of the son of promise. He is the son of promise. He's Jesus Christ. He's the last Adam. <laughs> to get his wife. To get his bride. To get a wife. You need 10 camel loads. You can't carry nine. Are you hearing me? When she gave water to his camels, verse 23, he put on her hand two bracelets, bracelets weighing, in case you didn't believe the first time. How many shekels? Verse 56. How many days did they ask to keep the girl? Should I keep talking about 10? Okay. Genesis 31 verse 7. The man was tired. He had worked for the man, his father-in-law. This is Jacob. How many times were his wages changed before things changed in his life? How many? Open Genesis 31, 41. How many times did he change his wages? How many brothers were needed to get green from Egypt? Genesis 42, verse 3. Read. Genesis 45, verse 23. How many gifts did Joseph send to his father? How many? How many have I given you already? And we haven't even started. How many? What? Did you say nine? Is that not verse 23? What was my last question, please? 
Well, I've given you nine. Okay, I was wondering, the word nine is just against everything. I mean, like nine, there can't be a nine in anything I've said. Everything is ten. Exodus 26, verse 1. This thing you're seeing here, these are curtains. They made curtains to surround the tabernacle of Moses. How many curtains are they? Coincidence. Each frame, verse 17. Each frame. Is to be how many cubits long? What is wrong with this in being seven? Someone tell me why it cannot be five. Why can't it be 12, 11 and a half? You still think this is coincidence? It's not coincidence. I told you our God speaks in parables. It's his language. It's how he talks. He's speaking every In all the places you think nothing was being said, he's speaking very loudly. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. How will we search it out when we are running after money? The godly way to make money is to spend little time with the matter. You put a little time, you listen to God, you step out, you act on what God says. Exodus 27, 13. All this have meaning, so. Hmm? How many posts and how many bases? How many commandments do you have in verse 28 of chapter 34 of Exodus 34 verse 28. How many commandments in case we need to check? Um, why? How many commandments are they? They are 10. Not more than, not less than. They are 10 commandments. How many times did Job Israel test God before he said enough is enough? He went like enough. You guys got to the complete numbers. You didn't even know. You had 10. I hope I've given you 10, 10, 10 examples. I hope I've given you 10 examples. I've passed 10 examples. I've spoiled it. I hope you understand what I just tried to show you. There's a reason why it's 10. How many horns does the beast have? Without checking. <laughs> you are correct. It has 10 horns. It's not a mistake. Are you listening to me? It's not a mistake. Why? Because the devil, the antichrist is a copycat. Are you hearing me? And when the time comes, you quote the Bible for you and say it's always 10. I've warned you ahead. I'll end with this one. Just one more. Revelations 2 verse 10. How many days were God's people going to suffer persecution here? Yeah. You suffer tribulation for 10 days. Go and count the rest if you like. It just goes on. This is the language of God. It's God speak. When you know God speak, you will understand many other things. Amen? I want us to understand that the Lord wants to help us, wants to instruct us, wants to teach us, wants to feel us, wants to lead us but we must allow him to okay at the tenth day the seventh month is the day of atonement you will hold a sacred assembly and humble yourself so counting from the day the trumpet started sounding ten days will pass
10 days will pass by tomorrow at some point. Are you hearing me? Be here with a certain expectation. We'll be here in the morning. I'm thinking to make the morning meeting. I said 9 a.m., right? But I, again, maybe it's the pastor in me. I keep thinking about those I have to go to work. How many of you have to go to work? Or you'll be hungry. Okay. Raise your hand. Your guy might suck you. But you can come out by 6.30. As I've said, 6, which is the normal time. But you can come out by 6.30. Yes. Come out by 6.30 in the morning. Leave from here for work. So get ready and come. Have you heard me? Everyone can do that. Those of you that are strong should help the, help the week. Okay? Then during the day, if you can come, come. You still be here by nine, okay? So those are coming. You might go on. Those that have to come and leave for work, come ready, pass for work. Come out in the morning. You're coming to seek the Lord. Come out early. Come leave by five something, six. Be here. Keep going. On this day, you are not to do any work, for it is the day of atonement. Remember, this was a shadow. We are not going to fulfill it word for word. If the time comes and we can, we are not looking for a physical, we are not killing any animal. We are in the face of the Lord. Whatever we are offering is representative of what or is the fulfillment of what you had the representations here. It's a day of atonement. When atonement is made for you before the Lord your God, atonement is made for you. Trumpets were blown. And on the 10th day, when the time was complete, warnings, enough warnings, enough summoning, enough calls, enough sending out to war, enough charges, enough demands. Now, I'm going to make atonement for you. It's a picture that the Lord is telling us of what we do. In the age, in the days to come, it is possible. I'm just giving you a possible glimpse of what may happen. It's possible that when the trumpet will sound, and the first resurrection happens, I can assure you the body of Christ will be in shock because only few will be taken. I'm telling you that as a fact. Let's wait and see how it plays out. This rapture thing, you keep hearing people talk about missing. They are correct. The vast majority will not partake in what they call rapture. The only thing I try to do, why I share on it a lot, is because they are supposed to know that there will be another resurrection. But they've taken all of the resurrection and bundled into one event. It's two events. Just that there's a thousand year gap in between. And missing the first one has nothing to do with missing the second. Everybody rises here. And if you say, I've missed it and you misbehave, when you rise here, you go to the lake of fire. But you can rise here and not possibly go to the lake of fire. Have you heard me? So missing this in no way permits you to misbehave. Or it will tamper with what happens at the end of that time, a thousand years later. Have you heard me? And this whole season of a thousand years, many things will happen. Very many things will happen. This earth will change. But when this happens, this resurrection of the dead, 
the first resurrection, many be left behind. Maybe 10 days later, maybe literally 10 days later, atonement will be made for them. I don't know what will happen. But this is that picture. This feast has not happened. That's what's important for you to know. This feast, Tabernacles, has not been fulfilled because it wasn't time. And this is what the church should have been, from the day of Pentecost till now, this is all we should have been preparing for. But scales, like Saul, must be removed when we humble ourselves and allow the hands of the Lord to be laid on us, skills should be removed and we we'll stop persecuting God's purposes. If anyone does not humble himself on this day, he must be cut off from his people. So try and come fasting. Huh? I will destroy from among his people anyone who does any work on this day. The advantage we have is that we have the blood of Jesus speaking for us. So you are not cut off because you go to work. But in the shadow, the work is works of the flesh, you, self-righteousness, which, no, in those days you had to not, you had to rest in the confidence or assurance of what God would do, okay? You are not to do any work at all. He really stressed it. It's a day. Why I told you, deal, settle your issues, talk with your mentors, your shepherds, and all that discuss, have things to confess, things to repent about, things. And I've heard of one or two people, you know, speaking to your shepherd, oh, there's something I have never shared before. Oh, there's this thing I had to talk about, and I didn't talk about it before. Even in the past years, when there's been many opportunities to open up and be prayed for, people still have stuff from which again shows the goodness of God. That's why I said, appear before me three times. In your life, you will have to. It's not taught by the church. It's not practiced by most of the church because they don't, as usual, they don't know. Rest is when you are not doing your own labor. Go and read Hebrews 3 and 4. You'll understand it. When you allow what the Lord has done to speak for you, when what you do is only what the Lord is doing, not you rest from your own labors. But you labor to enter into his rest. That's what it says. So what has the Lord done? You press it. What has he done? He has shed his blood for your forgiveness. So do what he said. First John 1. He read it days ago. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how you don't do your own work. Where you try to do things so God will forgive you. He didn't say you should do things. He said you should confess your sins. That's how you get forgiven. Open your mouth and agree, I did this, as opposed to trying to shake your head and blank it out of your mind. If you did it, you did it. You need forgiveness, you need forgiveness. You need to confess it and receive forgiveness. It is the word of the Lord. And no matter how, again, I shared these things already some days ago. Again, if you've missed meetings, I didn't go listen to it. That really would be your fault because there's actions you should have taken. The day of atonement was a day. He said, this is a permanent statute for the generations to come wherever you live, wherever you live, wherever you live. It will be a Sabbath of complete rest for you. You see how much he stressed the rest, the seizing from your activity. 
and you shall humble yourselves. He calls it humbling yourself. From the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening, you are to keep your Sabbath. Did you see that? It would literally be in the face of the Lord from the evening to the next evening. That's interesting. We are doing a representation of this in our coming. When we come, we will see what the Lord will do. The ninth day of the month. So we are coming. We are going to stay over. Thank God it's a Friday over into a Saturday. But we are going to stay through the night. The way they practice it, they will stay from the equivalent of Friday evening. And they will stay all on till Saturday evening. That's how they practiced it. What has length of time to do with seeking God? It gives God more time to work on your heart. The more you're in God's presence, the more he melts things. And there's a lot of opportunity. That Saturday, that Saturday well, it was already on my announcement. We will come here tomorrow morning. Some people go to work. Some people continue on. And then, so we are counting our hours earlier, starting from the morning. That frees us, can free us in a sense by the next morning, okay? 24 hours in some way. So, even though we'll have a break here and there, those who can stay, come with the map staying. We can carry water, we have water. Just come to stay. So you don't have to come with the intention of leaving. Those that have to go, go to come. We will be in the face of the Lord. On Saturday, if we disperse, a lot of this will happen tomorrow also after the morning meeting. You have, you need to talk with someone, but I'm making room for those that won't have the time. You should have done it already. That's what I started saying earlier and stop. You should be obedient. You have to learn to be obedient fast. All of you that like doing things at the last minute. That is why if you continue like that, you will not partake in the first resurrection. It's not because you're that much worse than others. It's because you're less obedient. It's because of being too prideful. It's because of despising the words of the Lord. To be a Sabbath of complete rest, you shall humble yourselves. We've had that message spoke about the other day. Humility is the key in for the Feast of Tabernacles. The key, the mega key that opens the Feast of Tabernacles to have God dwell with you is humility. That rest, not doing your own work, is humility. It takes humility not to exert when you can. And he's saying, take all that your energy, keep it on the ground. I don't want to see it. Come down before me. The willingness internally in your heart to come down and be like a little child. We saw yesterday. That is what God wants. It's those of such shall be the participants in the tabernacling of the Lord, the kingdom. God will dwell with you. Go down and God will dwell with you. Is this okay? So after Friday, when, we, when, when Saturday morning comes, after our all-night meeting is over, you know, people will be sleepy. There will be room to sleep. I said you can sleep right here. Some people... There might be a time to go home, maybe go and sleep, freshen up and all that. 
But throughout that day, I would have said officially, everyone can go, come back by 12 o'clock, 11 or 12 or so in the afternoon. There will be opportunity for people to be ministered to. The leaders pray for people. Those that are coming in from Port Court and other places still, we pray for them. Those that have not had the opportunity to undergo some 139 prayers, those who have not maybe had the chance, they've gone through classes, maybe they've not been baptized, whatever. So we'll just provide temple services for them in the sense that it, it may not be from the afternoon, it may not be an official meeting. They might be, you know, addressing the group, little here, little there, but it won't be too official. Is that okay? Am I clear? It might not be too official till, because we need to minister to people. Then about three o'clock, about three o'clock, I'd like everyone to be here Saturday, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. We are looking at maybe by five o'clock to six, we should be done. Is that clear? Sunday is a normal day. And Monday will likely be a normal day, except we show up briefly to just pray for a nation, but I'm not feeling that. Except the Lord tells us something. But generally, we are coming to the face of the Lord. We are climbing Zion's mountain. And we will see the king. Amen. So what time are you coming on Saturday? Is everyone coming up by 3 p.m.? Is that what I said? What time are you coming out on Saturday? Mm -hmm. What time are the ministry team and those who need attention and need counseling and need to share things and need to do all that? What time are you coming out? 12. What time is everybody assembling and dismissing? Five or six, okay? It's not a long meeting. We are just coming to wrap up things. Is this good? We are coming into the face of the king, beginning tomorrow morning by. Don't come late. Don't come late. Come, carry your bags, carry your things. You're going to walk past. Others, stay on. We're starting earlier. It means you've probably finished earlier. But let's see how it goes. But in the face of the king, what, when I say finish, don't, tomorrow, take it that you're going to be in church throughout. But we may pause, okay? We may pause talking to you. You have your chance. You talk to God. For those of you, or I've heard people say already a, a good number. They are saying, I'm remembering this. I'm remembering this. I'm remembering this. I'm re That's exactly what the presence of God does. Is the waters, the living waters. You soak in it and things start rising. Why are you remembering things from seven years old? Why are you remembering things from five? Things your brain had deleted because you're in the presence of the king. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. He wants to give you fullness of joy. So he has to bring things to the surface and remove it. No more sediments. Do you understand? Those sediments are the problems of our lives. I repeat, many of God's people have never understood these kinds of things. They don't understand these kinds of things. Like, no, it was done. But the proof 
that it was not done is them your life oh i'm there but i have these terrible mood swings i don't even know what happens to me i don't even know what it means but it just comes or there are these times in my life it's like lost grabs me by the throat and if i don't fulfill its wishes sediment people sediment sediments the mindset that says no once you're born again it's done is one of the worst lies you could believe if it is so then why is peter on the night of his lord's death still misbehaving the night because he must undergo a process his lord tells him god does not have a problem with our undergoing a process it's us that has a problem we have this mindset that it should not be a process that it should be all settled instantly you think that's a sign of faith in god no that's a sign of laziness through faith and perseverance or patience you obtain the promises not just through faith faith and perseverance there's a process it is this continual process that most that's why he meant when he said he that endures to the end will be saved i'd like you to stand to your feet and pray I'd like us to start, first of all, in thanking God for the privilege of knowing the things you're knowing. Okay? Do you remember what Jesus said, Matthew 13? Do you know what he told his disciples? He said, many righteous men and prophets desire to know these things, see these things which your eyes are seeing, and did not. He said, but to you it's given to understand the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom. Thank you. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that we could come, receive all our praise and our worship in Jesus' name. Next, we are going to ask God to pass down these things to the next generation. Of course, you've heard the different things that has been said concerning this, how that we shouldn't have all of this knowledge, but you know, we cannot teach it diligently to the people God brings our way to the next generation. If you've been tracking with us, you understand what I mean. So we are asking the Lord for grace to pass it down. Deliverance from fear of man, deliverance from laziness, and just wanting to be in your comfort zone such that there is a new generation that comes and does not know all of these things. Let us ask the Lord for grace. Oh, help Jesus, help Jesus, help Jesus. Help us to pass it down, Jesus. Help us to teach diligently. With our words and with our lives, oh God. Help Jesus, help Jesus. Let us not forget the necessity to pass down your words, even if it's in parables, the instructions. Help us, Jesus. Jale getoska babalia tasketela dabala dadabaha. 
Zoske batile gedosha baladi kandala da basu brateskele gedosha. Zosa la dia katosha la da Finally, we are going to ask that the Lord helps us to keep choosing the second Adam, that we will not keep resorting to the natural man, to our old ways. We've had a lot of things in this season, receiving the instructions and God's words, even though they are in parables, seeking, understanding, paying more attention to the scriptures. All of these are very necessary, especially in the times that we are in. So we are asking God, Help me to choose to follow the second Adam. Let me not keep resorting to my old ways. Let us pray. Jesus. We've chosen your way, Jesus. Help us to stay. Teach us to stay. Let us not put our hands to the plow and look back, Jesus. Help, oh Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Oh, Chavez, Kate, Lagado, Shalada, Baladada, Legado, Skivrates, Kaleados, Kaladim, Dalado, Shalabalada, Galaha. We've said yes to you, Jesus. We've said yes to you, God. Let us not look back, oh God. We've said yes to you, Jesus. Maske, Baluata, Legado, Shaladaha. Amen. Now we are asking God for the subsequent meetings that we'll be having. Do you have an expectation? Of course, after now, you still have personal time to talk to God about about these things but what do you expect are you going to see tomorrow and the day following as just another day or, or do you really want to present yourself before god and receive all that he has in store for us so you are praying for the meetings you're asking let us see you let us feel you let us hear everything that you want us to hear and transform us let a season of atonement not come and pass and we remain the same way we came let us pray it's you we've come to seek, Jesus. Help us to humble ourselves. Read us from pride and every form of exaltation of our flesh that will stand in the way of this atonement, Jesus. Let us hear everything that you want us to hear. Transform us from the inside, Jesus. Oh, help us, oh God. What is your expectation? Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. He can hear you. Help us to not be casual, to not be passive, to not be disinterested. Help us to rouse ourselves to respond to you as adequately as we ought to in such a time as this. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you for this amazing love you have towards us. That in such a time as this, when we could have been distracted by a million and one things, you drew us close to you. And you're helping us understand the times. You're helping us to respond. Lord, we've drawn near. 
please draw near to us as well. All that we need to receive, all that the transformations that we need in such a time as this, oh God, let us walk into it, Jesus. Let the water levels rise, oh God. We thank you for leadership that has understanding, oh God. Thank you that you have not left us with no shepherds. Thank you for pastor. Thank you for all the insight. Thank you for the trumpet call. Thank you that our hearts are not hard to hear the call and refuse to come. Thank you for clarity. We are expecting more of you, Jesus. We are expecting all that you have in store for us, Jesus. Help us, oh God, as we draw near. We hope to receive from you. Help us to find you. Let it be said that truly there's a generation of people that know the Lord and is not superficial Christianity. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Do much more than we've asked, for we bless your name. Amen. God bless you. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org. I will